There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to How to Date, a show about how to master the messy, complex, and downright bizarre world of dating when you really didn't think you'd be back here again. I'm your host, Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm a psychologist, I'm one year out of my marriage, I'm a mum, and I'm immersed in the world of online dating. Hi, I'm also your host, Monique Robin. I'm a mum of four kids and a yoga teacher trying to find men who like me rather than my limber joints. Amantha, tell me, who have we got on today's show? So I have been wanting to get someone from one of the dating apps on the show because I feel like they would be a wealth of information and given we're relying on the dating apps a lot, Monique, I was very excited to secure Lucille McCart who works at Bumble and looks after communications for Australia, New Zealand and Asia. So very, very excited to share that chat. Yeah, if she can't give us hot tips on how to most effectively use Bumble, nobody can. <laughs> Monique, how was your week in dating? Oh, the thing that comes to mind. <laughs> so is, a, is the doctor. Let's call him the doctor. Okay. Is that because he is a doctor? Yeah, yeah, he's okay. a doctor. <laughs> and as you know, having been married for th- nearly 13 years to a surgeon, I'm definitely not looking for a doctor. Anyway, so I certainly wasn't impressed by the fact that he was a doctor, but for some reason he thought I would be. So, <laughs> so the conversation, and I say conversation, was I think I met him on Bumble, was uh, happening in the app, constantly came to sort of, you know, like doctor speak, like, hey, how you going? Do you need a consultation? You know, that sort of Flirt, flirting with you through doctor speak. And I'm like, at the, I think I had a bad attitude going into it because I'm thinking, you know, that doesn't impress me. I, I was listening to doctor speak at three in the morning for 13 years <laughs> while, while I, and not in a kinky way, while, while I was trying to bloody fall asleep, right? <laughs> but one thing I do expect of doctors is that I expect them to be representatives of the social standard or the social conscience of the broader mass, especially doctors that work on the front line and that are still in face-to-face contact with patients. I said to him, so are you doing face-to-face consultations with your patients or are you doing telehealth? He said, bit of both, to which he then said, I am happy to be of service to you with a face-to-face consultation. What? But And this was after probably about six exchanges back and forth. And I said, huh? And, <laughs> and honestly, because I really do, my ex-husband, he's a really, really respectable doctor and he's a really, really law-abiding citizen. And I would not expect this of him. He said, well, you know, for your mental health, clearly you're lonely on the dating side. 
site, I think I need to give you an examination to check that your physical health is intact. What? And you hadn't even spoken. This is just all through messaging. Messaging implies that we had a lot of messages. This was, I don't even know you, but let me come over and tup you up. And he's a doctor. He's a legitimate doctor. And I, still hoping that I wasn't incriminating him, went, oh, like, you mean you want me to book a a consultation? I've got a GP in my local area. He was 30 kilometres away. He's like, it's okay. I can travel. I'm a GP. And I've written, for work. (laughs) To which... He writes back, ha, 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 like, don't be funny. I'm like, no one being serious. And then I had to say to him, can you please, before offering me the complete disregard of stage four restrictions, can you please pretend to be the upholding citizen that is morally conflicted? Oh, no, I really am attracted to you. Yes, I know I don't know you and I'd really like to see you. But, oh, no, I can't because we've got stage four restrictions. Okay, for the sake of my mental health, I'll make an educated decision to see you regardless. You know? (laughs) Just just fake it. Just fake it. Fake social conscience. You're representing social conscience. Fake it. And when I said that to him, because I said that to him, he thought I was trying to be humorous. He's laughing. <laughs> and then he goes, I take educated educated risks. I said, you haven't educated yourself. Here's your education. I'm sharing custody of children with somebody who is on the front line <laughs> dealing with emergency patients. Emergency patients are people that have COVID. <laughs> he thought I was being funny. Samantha, that's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. How are we going to flatten the curve when this (laughs) moron is giving me physical consultations from 30 kilometres away? That's really bad. Oh, my gosh. Needless to say, I blocked him because I do have a social conscience. My name is Monique Robin. I'm a yoga teacher. It's not expected of me to be socially responsible, but guess what? I am. Good. Good to know. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your week like? Did you, do, you know, you're not a yoga teacher. So there's already this assumed standard of intellect. So do, how did you go? Like, does it come into play in your dating experience? I don't know. I'm finding I'm getting some really weird people coming into my feed. They're almost like characters. And I know I've, I've sent you a few of them because it makes me laugh. My belief system is atheist, but I did have Jesus come into my hive this week. Oh, I think you showed me that picture. Yeah, yeah, the guy with the very long hair. It sort of parted in the middle, his hair, and he just had a Jesus. Well, he had that stoic look on his face. He totally did. <laughs> yeah. it, it totally could have been Jesus. Yes. So, um, I think it was. I think it probably was. Yeah. Swipe left. Then I had Batman come <laughs> into my hive. There was a guy, um, a larger guy, uh, rotund, <laughs> let's say, with a black mask on, <laughs> covering his eyes. No face mask for COVID, just an eye mask. <laughs> so a socially irresponsible, robust-looking superhero. Superhero. <laughs> he probably always- could stop breathing if he needed to. That was his mask. That is hilarious. He probably had superpowers to stop COVID from (laughs) getting into his mouth. Um, And then I had Braveheart, this guy that was dressed like a warrior. I kid you not, like 
bare chest like a thing around his his head like a headband like Braveheart would wear and some beads around his neck like looking like he was going into battle (laughs) (laughs) oh no Amantha you didn't show me that one that's the best one (laughs) can you tell me like just even for intrigue do you swipe right on any of these guys oh well look I know that with Jesus you wrote back and said Come on, please swipe right. Do it for the podcast. Yes, but- <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I couldn't bring myself to. No, our material's authentic. <laughs> yes, no, no, no. No, it's true. It's true. And that's why I didn't swipe right on Jesus or Batman or Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, didn't you also meet Jesus' brother? Oh, yeah, I met Jesus' brother. Yes. Wasn't as good as Jesus. No, but, no, no, uh, you but know. very, very similar. I do wonder, like, what is going through these guys' minds when they're selecting their profile pictures and especially the first one that you see because if you don't like the first one, you're not going to bother scrolling down to see any of the other ones. Like, who is thinking, I think I will wear a Batman mask to attract all the ladies. Amantha, there are people out there that are really into cosplay. Yes, it does reduce the pool of prospective daters, but I think they just want to find their Batgirl. And who are you to judge? Now, hang on, cosplay, you need to... What? Cosplay is this thing where adults are really obsessed with dressing up. Like, so costume play is, the, yeah. is where it comes from. It's, I'm assuming so, but it's called cosplay. Cosplay. Like, <laughs> I'm not joking, these people invest tens of thousands of dollars. I know Batman in the dating thing, didn't he? just had a black cutout. He hadn't cotton. invested much. No. <laughs> Maybe he's at the beginning of his cosplay journey. <laughs> Seriously, because <laughs> cosplay is an obsession. I've got a friend into it. He will spend $5,000 on an Indiana replica shirt, no joke, that gets imported from the States that's officially signed off by cosplay experts and and they meet at conventions all around the world. They know one another. It's a whole new world. Oh, my gosh. That he should be going to these exhibitions, not going on to Bumble. He should be. And he should have seen from my profile because I'm not dressed up as any uh, superhero or Marvel comic book characters that I don't do cosplay. He saw it in you. (laughs) He saw it in you. (laughs) That's right. He thought, you've got potential. Yes. (laughs) All right. So that was our week. Our guest today is Lucille McCart, who looks after communications for Bumble for Australia, New Zealand and Asia. So let's go to Lucille to work out how to get better and have more luck on the dating apps and in particular Bumble. Lucille, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, it's good to be chatting to someone from Bumble because Monique and I have clocked up a lot of hours on this app, haven't we, Monique? We certainly have. It's actually maybe a little bit depressing how many hours we've spent doing our Bumble admin. That's right. So we want to start with understanding what what sort of people are getting the most right swipes for men and for women. And for those that have never used Bumble, right swipes is what you want. That's where someone likes you. Yes. So if someone is swiping right on your profile, it means that counts as like a, a yes vote. You're, they want to match with you. That's definitely the, the end goal of most people's profiles. And I think the same type of behavior is successful for men and women, but there are probably some things that women can get a little bit better at and that men can get a little bit better at to they're getting what they want out of the experience. 
some of the most basic pieces of advice are things like your pictures, obviously, (laughs) that's the main communication tool that you have on a dating app and on Bumble in Australia, our users that had, you can have up to six photos in your profile and our users that have three to six photos get 93% more matches as opposed to people that just have less than three. So if you've just got your two best photos in there, even if you look absolutely fantastic, you're still not going to get as many matches because people are really looking to see a variation of different things. So you can add your six photos, but you can also do things like link your Instagram, which shows um, if you're active on Instagram, it shows even more little bit to learn about your personality. And then when it comes to what photos you use, our most important piece of advice is that they're recent photos. And what counts as recent? Is that the last year, the last decade? What's recent? <laughs> I've got photos on my Bumble profile from within the last two years. Most of them are from within the last 12 months. So that doesn't have to be all from yesterday. But if you're thinking about in the calendar year is great. If you're a little bit more than that, fine. But if you're going back, you know, five years, you're probably going back a little bit too far. Even if it's a fantastic photo, you know, you're probably going back a, a little bit too far. And not too many group photos. Your first photo that you potential matches see should always be of just you. Nothing too blurry, nothing too filtered. And also photos that show you doing things that you love or hobbies or different things so that even though it's just a a, a static image, you're communicating about your personality as well. And in that first image that people see, like what, what else should we be doing aside from it just being us? Like should we be smiling? Should we be looking to camera, away from camera? Um, should we think about what we're wearing? Like what, what sort of details do we know in terms of how to optimise that first photo? Yeah, so smiling is really important. People love to see people smiling and looking happy. I would say no sunglasses is a big tip. Not like one or two photos on your uh, profile with sunglasses is no problem, but definitely not your first photo. People want to be able to see your face and get a sense of who you are and see your your eyes, you know, eyes the window to the soul. So really important that you can see them. And then I think it doesn't matter so much what you're wearing as long as it is something that represents you and who you are and is something that you would ordinarily wear or even if it's you, you know, dressed up looking your best, as long as it's authentic to who you are, it doesn't matter so much exactly what the outfit is. So when people get to that point where they've liked each other aesthetically or they or they even they like the story that the photos have told and so they swipe right, from your experience, what's one of the single most reasons why people are then disappointed when they meet in real life? Is it because the images don't translate or is it more because the energy's not right? There are all sorts of reasons why a match might not work out face-to-face, but definitely your profile photos only really tell a little bit of the story of who you are. So your bio is really important. So like I said, that same uh, piece of research that we've done shows that people with a detailed bio get 32% more matches than people that don't have one. And, you know, the idea is that it's short and snappy, but it should be funny, it should be positive, um, and it should give, you know, that extra bit of detail about yourself. You can also use our profile badges, which are those little symbols that you can add to your profile that says things like your height, your star sign, your if you've got pets, what religion you are, what your political views are. So again, it's about information. It's about communicating as much information about yourself as you can so that it's 
upfront about a lot of things. For example, if I see someone who's got a badge that indicates that they are probably going to have totally different view on life than I have, maybe I maybe I swipe right on them or swipe left, depending on what that tells me. You know, it helps. You can also filter by those badges. So, say probably our most commonly used filter is height. A lot of people um, have very specific preferences about height. So if you only make has very specific preferences. I, I have height. well actually it's funny you say that. I do I am heightest. However, I have broadened my height filters because I'm on a mission now to even make friends who might have taller friends. <laughs> yeah, everything's a stepping stone. Right? <laughs> That's right. And can I ask with the bio, firstly are people reading the bio, are men reading the bio? I feel like men maybe value physical attractiveness more than women in their decision making or is that just a flawed assumption that I'm making as a as a woman I think sometimes we give guys a hard time about being very physically focused and I think definitely they're visual creatures your photos are probably what is going to get their attention but I think they do definitely read the bios and pay attention and a lot of guys on Bumble are looking to make meaningful connections. And I think sometimes as women, we get a little bit in our heads about what we think men think is most important, but sometimes that's actually what we're feeling insecure about. And it's not necessarily reflected in the reality of the way that people use the app or people feel. What should we be putting in our bio? So you said keep it succinct and funny. Like what sort of bios do well from, from your analysis? Definitely ones that lead with humour and ones that talk about what you're looking for in a positive way. So sometimes you'll see people with a shopping list of what they don't want or, you know, swipe left if you're this, you know. Even if that person doesn't fit into that category, it's a little bit of a turnoff for someone to be leading with what they don't want and what is quite a negative thing. So instead, you should always lead with what you are looking for. and be upfront about that. If you're looking for a relationship, be open about it. I'm looking for a relationship with this type of person or I'm in this stage of my life and this is what I'm looking for next. I think that is only going to save you time because then the people that you're matching with are aware of that from the beginning. I think something that Monique and I find is that we will right swipe and then we'll get matched and then we'll message someone and then we'll get ghosted, like not even a conversation. Are either gender more discerning about the right swipe? Because Monique and I sometimes feel a little bit depressed when we're <laughs> like matching with a lot of guys, but people aren't writing back to us. And I was saying to Amantha, is that dating fatigue or is that just no, they're actually not interested when they have to put? <laughs> well, they made a mistake when they swiped right on yeah, us, Monique. <laughs> they'd had a few too many evening wines. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's definitely not that. Look, I think that there is a little bit of fatigue sometimes when it comes to this type of dating, especially in a time like this where online dating is not always necessarily leading to a date given a lot of people are social distancing and doing things like that. But honestly, it's not necessarily specific to a gender. And the most important thing that I tell pretty much every woman that I speak to is not to worry. If someone doesn't respond to you or unmatches, like it doesn't matter. All that means is that that person was not the right person for you. It doesn't mean that they've looked at your profile and just got turned off. And, you know, people do things for all sorts of reasons and not everyone that is dating, not everything is going to be a success, but you can't let yourself get hung up on the, the little things that happen along the way. You know, if you haven't even spoken to this person yet, 
don't let that haunt you that this guy didn't write back to your message or, you know, didn't, you know, do whatever. Because I can guarantee that most men aren't getting caught up in the little details like that. You know, it's like those people are doing you a favor by disappearing off into the <laughs> into the ether. You know, we do have a no ghosting policy on Bumble. We always believe it's better to be upfront with people. But at that same time, when it happens, like don't don't let it get you down. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah, and I think like we're, you know, Monique and I aren't like seeking therapy over these people who are running back. But I guess like I was wondering how normal is that? Do you have any stats around that in terms of when you match with someone and then you message them? How many people, how how often does that actually lead to a conversation in the messaging Yeah, a reciprocity part? of some sort. I know that what's interesting is that in certain age groups we find that people are a lot more intentional in their swiping. So um, in Australia, people in the, their 40s and 50s are much more intentional with their swiping, but those matches are likely to be more quality matches, so more likely to get a response um, and turn into what we call a good chat, so like a number of messages exchanged back and forth. So there's kind of no, no exit data on you know, what happens after a match is made, whether that turns into a successful relationship or not. But I, I think that the most important thing to remember is just it's meant to be fun. And if something doesn't work out in, in that short-term moment, like don't let it get you down. You know, there's so many other people on Bumble that are more than willing to chat to you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Amantha and I were introduced by an expert that we interviewed to this concept of dating fatigue that I referred to earlier. And I was telling Amantha the other day about my own little experiment. I said to Amantha, there are so many innocuous conversations I'm having, which aren't bad, they aren't good, but they just fizzle out because I'm assuming everybody has dating fatigue. They've got six or seven conversations going simultaneously. And unless they're riveting, they start to disappear. So I've started this experiment myself, whereby if I'm getting to that point where it's sort of one word replies, I will then go above and beyond to sort of get over what I've described as that stumbling block, that hill of dating fatigue. Do you think that is something that's worthwhile doing, pushing through those sort of stalemates? Yes, absolutely. I think that it's about really trying to create that uh, connection and sometimes you need to maybe push your way in a little bit and make sure that conversations that you're having go beyond just the the standard stuff that you talk about and trying to get on that deeper, more intimate level as soon as possible is definitely going to strengthen that connection. And uh, yeah, I definitely think you're taking a really, really strong approach there. Has COVID changed that? Like at the time of recording, we're four weeks into stage four lockdown in Melbourne. And I know Monique and I both feeling dating fatigue, but do you see that in terms of the data that you're across at at Bumble that, you know, with all this intense lockdown that we're experiencing in Melbourne, 
that people are just a little bit sick of it and taking a break? We see some interesting trends. So between March and May, when we were in our first national lockdown, we saw 76% increase in video chats. So people were, you know, when they weren't able to meet face-to-face, there was a huge adoption of our video chat feature because it was about trying to recreate that dating experience virtually. We also saw like a 26% increase in the volume of messages sent. So when you are actually restricted from meeting in person, people do seek out other ways to meet new people and engage and communicate and all those sort of things. So we, we did see some really interesting trends in the way that people communicate through the app and video chat is a really interesting one because you mentioned um, earlier sometimes when you get on a date with someone that the connection isn't what you thought it would be or the person isn't what you expected and I think video chat is a really interesting antidote to that because you can get a very similar um, vibe to, as what you get in person and it can say it can save you a lot of those awkward dates if you were to do you know a video chat with someone before you committed to an in-person date because you hear their voice you see the way that they you know their mannerisms are all that stuff that you don't get over a text chat Um, so I think video chat will be a really interesting thing as we see that get bigger and bigger in online dating as well. Just out of curiosity, in terms of us setting our own expectations, how many exchanges usually happens via messaging before we progress to video chat? So that I actually don't have the data on that because it's so different for every match. If you think about the fact that even if we think as far back as February, which seems like February was years ago now because this year has just, you know, time has, has stood still in many ways. When you're initially thinking about online dating, the end goal for most people is a face-to-face date. But everyone sort of has their own preference on how long they would like to talk to someone before they agree to a date. So for some people, they want to go on that date really quickly. For others, they prefer to chat for a little bit longer, um, you know, before they commit to that. I think a video chat is a little bit similar. Some people want to talk to someone for a while before they feel comfortable doing that. Others are happy to do it straight away. But what we are seeing in our latest round of research is that in the current dating climate across Australia, in the cities where people are able to, um, you know, go to a bar or go to the pub, the period of time on which they're talking before they do that is a lot longer. I think people, what's happened over the last six months with the pandemic, I think has really changed people's attitudes to dating in that they're taking it a lot slower. We actually refer to it as slow dating, you know, a bit more traditional. And the trust bar before agreeing to meet someone in person is a lot higher than it was six months ago. Yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. Do you know sort of how long that time has stretched, like what it was pre-COVID and what it is now in terms of people taking their time to to get to that face-to-face meeting? We weren't um, running the same sort of, asking the same sort of questions back back in the day because obviously we weren't anticipating. A global pandemic? Why not? <laughs> but anecdotally, it was, you know, in the first couple of conversations, if not the first conversation, people started talking about dates. Whereas now it's either not possible to date or it is possible, but, you know, you've got to have that conversation around how comfortable you feel, how social distance you expect to be, if you would prefer to wear a mask, if you don't want to wear a mask, all of that 
sort of stuff. It just really means that you have to really like someone before you're going on a date with them at the moment. Yeah, the standard's high. Uh, Now, one of the things that we sent to you before this interview was Monique and my profiles on Bumble because we wanted to get feedback from an expert. So we would love to pick your brains on that. Monique, should we start with me? Yeah, let's start with you. All right, we'll start with me. And don't don't sugarcoat it, Lucille. Just tell it how it is. I've got thick skin. (laughs) (laughs) I actually think what you sent me through was some great profiles. So uh, Amanda, looking at your profile, I love you filled out all your badges, which is excellent. You're actually, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but you're 3.3 times more likely to get a match if you have filled out your profile badges. So you're winning there. I think you have a positive bio. So, you know, really you're already following all of my advice. The only um, tweaks I would make is putting in some photos, like the photos, you look gorgeous in all of your photos, but I think a photo of you like socially, like with some friends or doing something in a social setting, I think would just really help showcase that you I've can got rent, friends. You can rent some, Amanda. I'll rent okay. some friends. Yeah. <laughs> that would have to be probably not your most recent photo given the lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I can dig something up. Okay, that's great. So they so, so they need people, to know you've got buddies, they, Amanda. <laughs> they need to know. I've got a Nigel no friend. We've got this of you um, obviously recording the podcast, which is excellent. The reason that we want to communicate all of this information about ourselves is because it's conversation starters. You know, think of every uh, piece of information that you put on your profile, whether that's a photo or uh, something in your bio or something in one of the profile prompts, is meant to be a conversation starter. So, you know, if I was a man looking at this, I would definitely have questions as to what you're recording (laughs) if I'm going to end up podcast. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. So I, Amantha, after critiquing my uh, profile said, no, you look too slutty. <laughs> and she said, you're going to attract people wanting one night stands. So I swapped it out, one of my pictures over, which you ha- haven't been re- given, of me in a fighter plane because it was contextual. But, but that is not me. It was actually a freak experience where a blind date took me on an acrobatic flight and I actually had to take it down because I had so many guys starting the conversation with oh you're a pilot wow (laughs) and our first conversation was around this bizarre date that I had so I can understand that they are conversation starters yeah I think that's such a good insight isn't it in terms of thinking about your photos not just for for vanity filters like do I look okay but is this actually going to spark a conversation that that's um that's really interesting advice and in that case it was too much of a conversation starter it needed to be more authentic what you what you're doing is there anything else I can do Lucille to increase my chances of finding love on Bumble well I think you've got a great chance looking at this profile it looks great I would say you have got here, um, my dream dinner guest is Lynn manuel Miranda, and if you know who that is, I'll definitely message you. But you have to think about the fact that they can't tell you that they know who that is. So I think there's ways that you can, you know, tweak the sort of answers you give in your profile prompts. Like what you've got here, I, I love all the detailed answers that you've given, and they're definitely conversation starters for when you match with someone. Um, but just remember that you're going to be the one that makes the first move. <laughs> That is great advice. Yes. Think through the logic of these things. Excellent. Okay. Shall we shift to Monique? Tell us 
what what you think of Monique's profile and how she can get more right swipes. Please. Um, Monique, I also loved your profile. I loved that you both have done an excellent job at giving really detailed, authentic answers to all of the profile prompts and bios. I, I think you've done a great job. I think also, you know, declaring a love for coffee and red wine never goes astray, always a conversation starter. I think I would give you the same advice to, you know, add in a few photos of you, not in the plane, but, you know, doing some something social with friends, whether it's at your favorite restaurant or showing different things that you like to do and that, that more social side of you as well. Okay, that's good advice. See, I also was wondering, being a yoga teacher, that's a big part of my life, and I thought to put a photo of me doing yoga, but then it seems like I get so many vulgar messages such as, oh, you're a yoga teacher, you must be flexible. So I feel really hesitant to emphasise that fact. What do you think? Well, firstly, I would tell you to report anyone that makes you feel uncomfortable. But I think it is definitely, that is definitely something that you should be able to talk about. I think it's just about how you present that yoga is not a sexual thing. (laughs) So I think you should definitely be able to put some photos of you on your profile doing yoga, whether it's in your yoga studio or definitely in that like professional setting or photo of you teaching a class, anything that shows you in that professional environment is really interesting as well because then it really is showing people that you're a yoga teacher because obviously lots of people that love to do yoga, but I think the fact that you're a qualified yoga teacher is super interesting a thing to be talking about as well. Okay, thank you for that. Are there any cliches that listeners should be staying away from in terms of photos because what I feel like I hear on dates that I've been on is guys will say I liked your profile because you didn't have photos of you at the races or you didn't have photos of you doing some spiritual pose in Bali or it feels like there are all these kind of cliches that maybe guys and I I imagine it's the same for reverse genders are, are seeing like are there things that we shouldn't be doing in terms of these cliches well yeah there's the male version of that is probably the selfie of them at the gym they're not innocent in the in the cliche photos either I think there's nothing wrong with it you know if that's the photo that you like that makes you feel confident but definitely I think anything that's unique is always going to be more interesting than yet maybe like you said you at the races or you just in in lots of those places where people might expect you to be fighter pilot being a great example that obviously got a lot of attention so you maybe just need to find whatever is the equivalent of that that um, speaks more to who you are as a person. I think you should put the fighter pilot image back up Monique. Yeah but I was sick of telling people what I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're getting a conversation happening. That's true albeit disappointing at the end of it. What other data are you coming across Lucille? I just feel like there must be such a treasure trove of data that you're exposed to at Bumble. Are there some statistics I don't know that you've found surprising in the last few months or kind of noteworthy that we haven't spoken about yet? One of the important things is verifying your profile. So getting the blue tick, which I'm pretty sure I saw that you guys had, yep, you had both done that. Users who um, verify their profile get 24% more matches because I think that is something that a lot of people look for to make sure that you've um, gone through that process to get that tick of approval that tells people that you are who you say you are. So that's just something that's really important. And then, like we said, it's all about information. So link your Instagram, link your Spotify. You know, so many people bond over a shared taste in music or, you know, sometimes a 
different tastes in music is a conversation starter as well. That's something that I think people find really helpful because it's all about trying to find those those little things that can spark a conversation and help you get to know each other better. And then I think as well, timing has a lot to do with it. So our most active day is Sunday and our sort of peak time to be on Bumble is like after 8 p.m. So if you're, you know, looking for the time where you're most likely to get a match or most likely to get a response, Sunday uh, at 8 p.m. seems to be the time to do it. Awesome. Monique and I are going to block out our diaries. We'll have like a recurring Bumble meeting with ourselves every Sunday evening. Now, I know Monique had a job. Monique was thinking of applying for a job at Bumble. Yeah, well, I have more more chance of getting a date if I work at Bumble. Do we get first pick if we're Bumble employees? (laughs) There are a lot of perks for being a Bumble employee. I'm yet to get, um, you know, any special dates from it. Um, Love working here, but I I haven't found my perfect match yet. But don't worry, I'm still looking. So you don't get a panoramic gaze of all the dating fodder before the rest of us get? I would, trust me, I'd advocate for that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Lucille, it's been so fun chatting with you and getting our profiles analysed from an expert. It's been awesome. And gosh, for those that are single and not on Bumble, what are you doing? Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Lucille. Appreciate the insight. Thank you so much for having me. Monique, are you feeling like a Bumble expert now? Absolutely. Well, you know what? I thought I was a Bumble expert before she came (laughs) on and realised that I wasn't. So now I'm feeling, I guess, re-equipped to go back out there and conquer Bumble. Yeah, it's quite motivating. What what was the biggest takeout for you? Um, I guess her comment about photos, the visual images we put up on our profile. I knew I'd heard before that you can't just put selfies up, that you should put photos that are in action. But one thing she specifically said is social pictures, pictures of you with your friends. Obviously, they're quite hard to cultivate if you want recent pictures in (laughs) lockdown. Yes. (laughs) But it, it actually makes sense. It's kind of reassuring to a person that you've got some mates. I know it is because neither of us have friends in, I mean, we've got friends in real life, but we don't have friends in our profile. How weird is that, that we've both got the same problem? And maybe we need to have a photo session of you and I being friendly because we are in each other's bubble bubble at the moment. That's right. So we can like legitimately have a photo shoot, but who's going to take the photos? We though? have to just set up a time delay on, on the camera. So it's like a selfie of friends right. and we'll just sit at a table eating a meal or something, whatever friends do. <laughs> yeah. Whatever friends do. What yeah. do they do? What do friends oh, do? Oh gosh. Well, look, the thing that I liked is the Sunday evening tip, Sunday eight o'clock being peak time for Bumble because I find what's annoying is getting momentum with the messaging. It's it's quite easy to message at the wrong time and then you're just exchanging one or two messages a day with someone and it just it's just too hard to get momentum and I find that those things fizzle. So I reckon for me I'm gonna prioritize Sunday nights as the the good night to kind of be active on Bumble and hopefully strike up some you know, message chats where I've got momentum. Yeah, it's interesting to know that there seems to be a trend in terms of the time people access the app. And I think having that information will help you be more efficient in the way you interact with 
people on Bumble. I, I reckon you will now have to rewrite your entire timetable to block out an hour for Bumble at exactly the most efficient time. If you ever want to see the most efficient timetabler in the world, you've met her. Her name's Amantha. <laughs> um, you don't understand. This is going to involve a two-hour session of rescheduling her entire back-to-back priorities <laughs> so she can fit in yeah. Bumble optimally. Yeah, totally, totally. Because I did actually, before speaking to Lucille, I remember I was chatting to someone on my work team, actually, who's also single and using the apps. And we hypothesized that Thursday night was the best night to get on the apps because people were thinking about the weekend and being dateless and trying to like set up a date for themselves. So for me, the Sunday is actually quite counterintuitive. But yeah, I'm totally going to schedule a meeting with myself. But, you know, it's actually funny you say that. So based on your theory about Thursday night, it actually to me makes sense that it would be Sunday because what would maybe happen is people by Thursday would go, oh, I'm really upset that I don't have a great weekend coming up. I'll have a little look-see on the app. And then on Sunday they're like, I'm not going to let that weekend slide by again. I'm going to go hardcore tonight so that next weekend I'm sorted. Or they have a shocker of a date on Saturday night and they're like, oh, need to fill, need to fill the the pipeline quick get on the app (laughs) exactly so it's actually sunday does fit in with your theory it's rebound from the shitful weekend that they had (laughs) totally is yeah there you go that is it for today's show if you have enjoyed how to date why not share it with other people that you think could benefit from some of the advice that we are offering and if you enjoyed this episode we would love to get your feedback please leave us a review in apple Podcasts or wherever you listened to this show from and we will see you next time see you soon mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market